And welcome back everybody to another awesome episode of the Careful Boys and today we have a very special guest Mr. Andy Wing is in the building y'all And correct me if I'm wrong if people don't know you uh, You are the empire builder of Afters ice cream love that place. Yeah, that's what that yeah That's what people like to call me big yeah. fan big fan. Well before <laughs> Afters ice cream you were in the clothing industry, right? Yep. Yep I did a clothing brand called I'm King for seven years before that our paths crossed in the early 2000s when um, the whole like Asian YouTube world was barely coming up. And then I realized like there was a lot of Asian like dudes in the streetwear game mm -hmm. that was doing dope shit. And in the early ages of YouTube, we didn't know anything about sponsorships and shit like that. So we went to this place called Orange County. You might've heard of it. Orange County. Um, Specifically I, Santa Ana, have you ever heard of it? Santa Ana, yeah, all the way out. I was born there. Yep. Are you? No one cares. So off camera. <laughs> Western Medical Center, specifically. Thank you for that information. You're welcome. So off camera, we were talking about like these different brands and I just connected the dots like, oh shit, dude, like you were, um, so I named one of the companies, I am King, and you're like, that was me. And I'm like, that was you? That's so fucking dope. <laughs> and then another He's one. like, I am Queen was me. <laughs> All right, Orisu, Orisu, Orisu right? Orisu, dude. Cause I remember that brand, cause it sponsored our friends. Fucking um, Far East Movement, shit like that. Sponsored Quest Crew too. Quest Crew. Wow. Yeah. And then and then we weren't officially sponsored, but all the stuff they couldn't sell, they gave to us. That was so sick. <laughs> that was so amazing. <laughs> we actually worked really closely with uh, Franco Shade. Yeah, with Joe and Chris and Yeah, and they gave us all kinds of fucking gear, and then uh, also a Triumvir, and they would oh, give us so all, all kinds of gear too. And it was just crazy that like OC was kind of like the breeding ground of all these brands. There's a video mm -hmm. I got when we visited Tri um, Triumvir and then they had a box of like stuff they couldn't sell because yeah, yeah, there yeah. wasn't going on. And then you put it on, all you did was put on a fucking red jacket and they sold out of it. That's wow. crazy. Richard, which is the uh, co-founder of Triumvir, we still work together to this day in, in Web3 right now. I remember oh, Richard. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that tall Asian dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Damn, How um cool. so was I am King the first business you started? No, I, I I dropped out at 19 and my best friends convinced me to do, become a real estate appraiser, and I had no idea what the hell wow. appraiser. I didn't know what real estate. I didn't know what entrepreneurship meant, and I didn't know what real estate meant. The only thing was I was already in probation in community college, and I was like, yo, my best friend was like, hey, let's go start our own company. I was like, what are you talking about? Like we're we're 18 years old. It's not possible. He goes, well, we just do what this guy's doing. I'm working for him right now. We'll just learn what he does and start our own brand. So we ended up starting a real estate appraisal company, and at an early age, I was you know learning how to make you know we're making three hundred to three thousand dollars a day. So you're Holy you're crap. eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen years old when I dropped out. First job. What do you just need? appraising homes? Appraising homes. What do you need to be like certified to do that? To uh, you gotta take all the courses, take the the real estate appraisal courses, and the appraisal test was was one of the hardest real estate tests at that time. Oh. What year was this? This was two thousand three, two thousand four, when I was. Bef so the boom before the crash. Yeah. And I think I officially got my license in 2005, um, but I, I left around 2008 at the, at the time of the crash because all the regulations changed. So how long did you run that for until? Uh, about three years. Three years. So you, so, you, so 18, 19, you already have seven figure business. Technically, around the spending it at the time, learning how to spend it. Damn, you were balling at like 19, 20 already. Well, I wasn't keeping that. That money wasn't going in my pocket. I was going back into the business and, and that's dope, building it. dude. And the bitches. Yeah. Wait, you cycle? You just cycled back. So in an appraiser comp appraisal company, I'm I'm interested. Like three grand a day, right? Like if you're making that money, how like what are your costs? Like. 
to uh, build there's not, there's not really much cost at the time. clipboards and pencils. Yeah, mostly. Clipboards and pencils? We were working in my parents' garage at the time because I didn't, I didn't know how to even go acquire, get an office space and lease. I didn't know any of that. Wow. And had this real estate appraisal license and going out doing these files and looking, looking like this and, you know, learning about business lingo, how to build a business, you know, yeah. getting people to trust us to do it. Um, and one of the loan, one of the loan officers we worked with happened to be Chris No. So Chris was a loan officer and he was giving me files and I was working back and forth with Chris. Um, and Chris the leverage Chris No. And he was a, he was, a he was in fucking real what? estate. Yeah, too? he was a loan officer. What the fuck? Yeah. Why does that name sound familiar? So he, uh, when we worked at, so he's like a apparel manufacturing mogul now in, in the OC. But when we were working with Franco Shade, he was just the sales guy there. Yeah. Oh. And then he left Franco Shade and went to work under Am King as a sales rep at Am King. So he's he's all, he's like now in the the. the well, now he runs the, the apparel game. He's just wow. Like fuck, like he has a giant big ass warehouse with like thirty different brands that go to like department stores and. All kinds of crazy ass places. Wow. That's tight. So then what changed from doing that to clothing? Um, so Michael, who was the founder of Arisu, um, he one day he had a he had a different brand before that before Arisu called Accentuate. And he needed someone to be in the lookbook photo shoot and he asked me to do it. I was like, No, I'm not doing it. Hell no. And he goes, I'll give you free clothes. I was like, Okay, fine, what do you like want to model to in the lookbook? To be in the lookbook, I was like, fine. <laughs> And then after that, he, he's like, I need to get an office space. And I was like, do you want to get an office space together? So we end up getting this tiny space, like probably like this size of the room, this part of the room right here. And he's doing his clothing thing, start getting ready to start racing one side, and I'm doing the real estate thing on the other side. Whoa. You can see my attention span, just like, I was like, hey, he's not making money, but what he's doing is way cooler than what I'm mm. I'd rather be doing that. Looks more fun, and, huh? Yeah. And I was like, okay, even though I'm making money, I'd, I'd rather be working in, in this clothing thing with you. So then when did the real estate thing go like, you, you're gonna stop this and you're gonna go full on like clothing? The, the crash changed everything because oh. the, the banks started requiring appraisers to have to go, you have to work under banks and, and all these regulations. So you could already see that um, everyone stopped use, you, uh, using us and we're like, okay, well we have to go full force into the clothing now and figure this out. Mm. Mm. I see. Cause it was like way harder now to be like a certified appraiser or whatever. Damn. So then out of out of force, you're just like, well, fuck it. And there's like all these houses that no one's buying anyway because of the crash. So then you're like, well, let's get into clothes. Well, we're just like teetering like our foot in one one in the out in the other. So we're just doing both at the same time. As we were getting less and less files, we were just trying to ramp up the clothing side. Oh damn. What Specifically year? a resu at that time. I was already transitioning into I'm King at that time. At that time. Oh, and that's your brand. Okay. Like you made I Am King. Yeah. So yeah. first you partnered up with your buddy for a reset? So I worked I worked for him. I just helped him as an Oh, uh, okay. And we're in the same office while I was doing my real estate thing. Yeah. So we're just in this one room. And then you built your own brand, I Am King. Yeah. Is this 2008, 2009? I started the I'm King brand in 2007. 2007. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. That's when JK started. That's crazy. Wow. 2007? Yeah. That's when most like Asian shit started like all day. We weren't that stuff. serious though. Huh? We oh, were, we were 2007? Not serious either though. Asians were, were born in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> they were invented. Damn. That's tight, dude. What what happened to I Am King? So I'm King, we did that for seven years. You know, we were selling to the Tilly Zoomies, you know, with- Metro Park, did it get in there? Metro Park. Oh, during shit, our that's Metro dope. Park actually stiffed us for a huge check, didn't pay for a lot. Like a large six-figure order. And yeah, they, they followed chapter 11. And yeah, they were going through some shit, right? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Jeez. 
being that early on and not getting that six-figure check is, is it hits you hard. Oh. And we're sitting with all this like product in the warehouse. Like, what do we do with this? And trying to figure it out. How many brands were you a part of during that time? Um, I just owned that I'm King brand at that time. That's oh. all. That's all I focused on uh, for that time period. Um, but you know, in apparel, you see brands come and go, and trends like change so fast. And I think trying to chase that and being dictated by stores on how to design um, kind of turned me off after a while. You know, after you do it for so long. Like, hey, I need to figure something else out. And as a clothing, as a streetwear brand owner, though, you learn so many different um, skills, right? You're not just designing now, you're marketing, branding, logistics, sales, shipping, um, storytelling, because everyone's blogging. Every brand had a blog. If you, yeah. yeah. That was huge. Right. Yeah. I had to learn, pretty much learn how Bobby to become hundreds, a writer. Dude. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby Hundreds, Bobby, man. He yeah. started, made us like, Bobby's like, set the tone, like, hey, Y'all, everyone has to learn how to be a writer now. I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to be a photographer that. and writer. A motherfucker, yeah. man. I know. The thing is, Bobby <laughs> is a writer. Yes. So he sets the bar really high because he's a fucking journalist, copywriter. And then so now he's fucking writing all beautifully and shit. And then you got everyone else that <laughs> flunked out of school. It's like, <laughs> fuck. We're like, I did a Zanga before. Buy my clothes because it's cool, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. D-A-W-G. Dog. Pulled up to the streetwear event I wasn't invited to. Took some photos. Check it out. Yeah. Bobby's actually going to come here soon. Is he? Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be like, yo, I tried to copy your blogs. <laughs> word for word. Tight man. So what happened with I Am King? Did you end up selling, or you just like this? I sold it. I sold it a year after I launched um, After's Ice Cream. So I was doing both the same thing again, doing both at the same time. Um, and the reason why I even went into so I have no background in food before that. I never worked a day in my life in food. I don't know how to cook to this day. I still don't know how to cook. Yeah. I don't know how I'm even here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tag along your life. Yeah, so I, was, I was blogging a lot. I was blogging all the time. I pretty much had to figure out things to talk about. So I just got writing about lunch all the time. I was like, here, this is where we're eating at throughout Little Saigon. These are my top places that I like to wow. eat at. And then people started sending emails like, hey, those are the that's the best places I've ever eaten. Yeah. So I just became this food discovery person over time. That's mm. time. Like, mm. wow. You were on your through our blog, through your I am King blog. Yeah. So it became wow. more of a food blog. Dang. A lot of Dude, different stories, so but cool. food just became a hot topic on that oh, page. And then as I started traveling and discovering more food, I started noticing like, hey, all these there's all these stores outside of Orange County have amazing artisanal flavors, right? That's things I've never seen, but I was like, I didn't know you could turn these flavors into ice cream. So I was like, okay, well, this is not approachable to me. I'm just gonna draw some ideas that I have in my head and things that are flavors that I think I grew up with are more approachable and, and come up with this concept. So I kind of pitched. What were some of the flavors? Vietnamese you coffee. Vietnamese coffee is one, one of our favorites. favorites. Oh. It's a hometown favorite. We love this one. We did jasmine milk tea because I drink boba. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's yeah, dope. We did, you know, we did this cookie monster with the blue ice cream. Yeah. Oh, I saw that one. Um, yeah, that was yeah, a delicious yeah. one. So we made that out became our number one flavor by far. But our partner who who was working on it didn't want to make it blue. For the first week, he wouldn't even make it blue. Why? Because he's like, I don't think he was gonna eat blue ice cream. I'm like, I'm telling you, you need to make it blue. What? That did hella make so your mouth weird. blue after you. It's like the best, yeah. Oh, there's so many blue. Yeah. I just ate that at K Town Night Market like a few weeks ago. Dude, that one's hell bomb. I ate there last week. Good. How about that, dude? Oh yeah, well, I ate yeah. there tomorrow. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. Making, making it blue was like a genius move because yep. it made it funny too. Yep. Like especially for kids. Oh yeah. Kids love that shit. Especially for adults. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. But Plus, you see someone on Instagram and they're like, "What? Yeah, what is so this?" So when you go in, you're like, "I want the blue one that I saw." That ties a lot into the street, the stuff that we picked up from streetwear, right? Things looking good on camera, yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah. friendly, and and we're a lot of those things that we're, we're bringing into lifestyle into to food, and no one was doing at that time. So mm. 
that that flavor ends up selling ten times more than any other flavor to this day. Like, no. and he was like, I don't want to make it blue. <laughs> yeah, well, the first week he wouldn't make it blue. I was like, you need to make it blue. Like, yeah, that's it. Can I ask how much you sold I Am King for? Uh, sold it for a mid six figure mark at the time. Just to, just to just get out. Just, just to get, get out of it? Just get out. So they just bought all the inventory or whatever? Yeah, they just took, they just took uh, all the branding. They didn't take any of the inventory. We actually, um, inventory we sold off already. Um, was it a um, franchise or did you own all the shops? For, for I'm King? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, I was thinking about afters. Yeah, I'm not thinking about I'm King. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm King, so they just they just picked up the, pretty much the, the logo and the brand and stuff. Hang, hang, hang. Like all the IP that has to do with they're, they're supposed to, to this day, they still haven't done anything with it, so this button just held on to it. Was it like a Dude, clothing conglomerate? Time, huh? like, no, it was just a, a private group that wanted it. That thought they Like could, a VC group? Was it Karma Loop? Like regular, no, a private, <laughs> Karma like, Loop. like a private Asian group of friends, friends of friends that we knew. That they, what? Uh, they just bought it. They just bought it and then... Did nothing. Well, they wanted me to come back and re direct, direct it for a year. I was like, okay, I'll help for a year, but then they couldn't get their team together, so I was like, forget mm. that's pretty, is that That's pretty common, huh, that like some yeah. Asian... Thing just buys your shit and just sits they don't do anything. Yeah, they still don't know what to do with it, or they don't hopper. I know there's major companies like uh, my friend was a part of um, uh, Black Flies. Remember that uh, sunglass? And he was telling me like, "Yo, I don't know how they're keeping this afloat because it it loses money every fucking year." And then I was like, "Like, I thought that brand was a bunch of like white dudes that are skaters." They're like, "Nah, it's actually a Japanese company that owns it, and it's this massive conglomerate that's been around for like a hundred years, right?" And then like they just fucking buy businesses internationally and he goes like i think this is a wash like i think they just buy business for other reasons like they don't care about if it makes money it's just the data or whatever it is and i was like damn dude, they do that with crazy. a lot of restaurant concepts too in the um from what i heard in the middle east they'll just buy it just to flex on each other and then they'll they'll damn, put the wow. they'll put the signage up on the store but they never open it, it just sits there how do they find you or do you find them the people that buy your company like I think it's a little bit, I think over time, it depends on, on where you're at. Like if you have a, a hot, the hot concept, everyone's reaching out to you. Oh, so you're just getting offers through Yeah, it. everyone's like, all the VC guys, all the, these, these private equity groups are just reaching out, trying to talk to you, trying to find out, you know, yeah. Have, have you sold another company outside of Iron King? Um, I recently exited out of Afters, so. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like about two months oh, ago. Oh, what for? How much was that? <laughs> How much blue ice cream is that? I'm living okay right now. <laughs> hey, that's good, that's good. Right, my kids will be okay. <laughs> Damn. I yeah, want my kids oh, to be okay too. <laughs> well, were you sole or did you have a, a team? For afters? Yeah. There's there's five of us amongst the company. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of us. Uh, the reason being was uh, you know, I, I started with two of my friends, one of my partners from King, another person that I grew up with. And then the partners that we end up teaming with, they own the ice cream, original ice cream shop before we came there. So they're like these oh. two older white dudes. Oh. So they're called Afters Ice Cream. No, they were called Lola's Ice Cream in Delhi before. Oh, and then so you oh. bought the concept with them or how did that? Well, work? we originally tried to buy them out because we we're like, hey, you guys are open yeah. once every other week. Can we just like take over your store? Yeah. We want to open this. Wait, they're only open once every other week. Yeah, he just—they had money already. They're, they're just once every other week. So yeah, they were scheduled. So they did it for fun. <laughs> He's just there for fun. They yeah. did it for Lola. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lola's his grandma, so that's yeah. what he did. That's what oh, he did. Oh, tight. Yeah, and then um, 
We, it took like six months to negotiate this deal, trying to convince these old white guys that we were gonna change the game. But why, why this? Uh, is it because they already had a network, or like you could have just started your own concept? I, I think we were trying to keep the the risk as low as possible because we didn't know the ice cream, we didn't know the. So you wanted mm, partners that knew what yeah, they were doing. We, we didn't team up with them for that. We teamed up with them because they knew they're like we still want to make ice cream, and we're like I don't want to make ice cream. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. It's uh, not what I'm. My, I'm not. That's not my expertise. You figure this out. I'll just tell you what I, I'm looking for, what I want, and you you create it. And that's the guy they didn't want to make it. Blue? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're old, you said. Yeah, right? they're old. Yeah. I'm making that ice blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta make it white. What's the um? <laughs> how, how did you guys come up with the after's name? The after's name. We're, well, we're looking for a dessert term. We found this term like in, in some parts of Europe. They call it like after a meal, like dessert. Like the word after is like after after anything, after eating out, after after. So we just named it after's ice cream. Oh, that's nice. What that's about really the branding? Because it's like it's all black and like sleek looking. So it's almost like anti what you would think. Appetizing, but it works so good. Yeah, so we, we, we actually picked that up from we're, the elements of streetwear all over again. Yeah. At that time period, was um, street goth was popular, right? Kanye, all black, leathers, um, right. us following the East Saint Laurent stores, the Apple stores, minimalism. So that's mm -hmm. why we try to keep that look. We have like a lot of black walls with like funny quotes on it. Like our first store had Gucci Mane loves afters. When we, we, you know, we put that on there because you know they had the ice cream. Oh yeah. yeah. Time, so we're like, hey, he's not gonna do anything. He was in jail. <laughs> but <laughs> he's all damn you, Angie. Chase the sign. That's funny. He's while he's in jail. That's fucking funny, dude. Just Martha Stewart loves this. Is is after? El Chapo loves it. Is it? Was it a franchise? No, we we we. It was all privately owned. All privately owned. All of them. And how many? We built that first location. Or what we turned it around for like using like 15 grand. How many locations oh, do you guys have? Holy. How many? There's 27, 28 locations. Ooh, and all California? Many, or? Wow. Most in South, um, Southern California and then one in Los Angeles. And how many mobile operations are there? There's three trucks that run. Wow. See, I, I know one, it's so a cool sick. location, but it's never open in Pasadena. It looks like an old that, dairy or gas station. That location kills it. Nah, it's always open, dude. Kills it. Is it? That's by my crib, dog. <laughs> That's where he goes. That's his local one. I was like, when are they going to open? And then maybe it's a time I'm I'm there. It's always open. packed, too. Really? Is that Alhambra one still open? Main Street's still open. Main Street? Yeah. We I fucking shut that blog down on oh the collab. Oh my god, we, we shut that down. That? Oh yeah, you guys oh, had a collab. Yeah, that's yeah. right. How did that come up? Cops had to pull up and stuff like that. And there was like over the a thousand. Helicopter. Yeah, there was like a thousand. Like Stop the fuck. What was it like a Kinja's afters? afters collab? Yeah. Grand opening after, so I think that was already a huge buzz, right? Everybody on Main Street, it's fucking Main Street. Who put that together? That was a good idea. So they already had the store grand opening, and then I think we were in talks with him and uh, with Ben, because I know that you're close with Ben. Uh, so we were talking for a long time about trying to figure something out, and then when the Main Street uh, location was about to open up, that just made the most sense. And once everything started to come together, you know, we, we created the flavor. We had our boy Chef Rob. Rob came in. Oh, Chef Rob. With the flavor and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there was like a Kinja's flavor, right? Yeah, it was a Kinja's flavor. It was like Black Sesame flavor? Black Sesame, oh, thank you, thank you. Because I support it. I, I forgot that right now. I was like, what flavor was that? Black Sesame's with the crispies on it. I've eaten that. there was just like a Mike Song flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Put Mike's nuts in your mouth, dude. <laughs> Um, but no, it sold out. We had a t-shirt capsule and a hat as well. That all sold out. Dude, that was dumb. I didn't buy the other stuff. I just bought that. Timing was perfect though, because it was right after you guys finished the show. Yeah, the timing yeah. was crazy. I was gonna come by, and then I heard it was still packed. I was like, I'm not. It was like it wasn't. You know, the long lines. It was like long and thick and all the way down wrapped around the corners yeah. it wrapped on the block and i was like i didn't know that like cops would actually pull up to this thinking that it was like a, a were they coming by going like 
You want to show support? Yeah. They're coming by, they're like, where's the blue one? <laughs> they just light up and start doing the <laughs> We didn't have, I don't think any of us had the expectation of it being like that. Because we had to push back the performance, like, yeah. like hey, do we, do we, do we just do it in the middle of the street now? It's, it's crazy. too crazy. That's great. You guys performed uh, at the store? Yeah, just a couple guys had to, like, like fucking move a small little crowd, and then everybody's literally just freestyling. The video's still up, uh, and it's just... That's tight. And shit. I just remember I text Ben, I was like, hey, you guys need to get here because it's getting crazy and there's a helicopter flying around right now. Oh, That's shit. dope, man. They're freaking, the city is freaking, they didn't know what was going on. I, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> right. Dude, uh, you know, um, we recently <laughs> did, um, we did a JK News on this NFT restaurant and then um, I was like, I'm going to go visit it, right? And it was so crazy because like, I didn't know, so your, your partner, Kevin? We're friends and I had no idea that that was his place too. Yeah, because he doesn't like, like, I mean, like, you know, like, Kevin's just, like, oh, just doing his thing with food and shit. Like, he's not, like, a big, like, look at my shit, you know? He's so humble, right? So I saw him um, at a plaza one day, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, you should come to my shop. And I'm like, your shop? He goes, yeah, it's an NFT shop. And I'm like, that's yours? And then so I find out that you two are involved with it. And I see, like, I, I, I click the page. I, I check it out. Snoop Dogg's there. I'm like, what the fuck is all of this going on? Snoop Dogg's there. And I went and did a food review there. It was fucking delicious. I was, it was pretty cool. It, felt, it, it was like McDonald's and In-N-Out had a baby. That's how it kind of tastes like. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, is that your like main project right now? The NFTs and the the restaurant? Yeah, we're doing. We're, we're we're trying to save the restaurant industry and 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 a lot of things that we learned in the last year and and how to implement a lot of new t this blockchain technology into what we're doing. That sounds crazy. You just said save the restaurant industry. Yeah. What what does that mean? Uh, I, what I learned through last year was last September when during the pandemic when everyone was still getting free money, right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I thought. When you were when you were going out, you saw now hiring signs everywhere. Yeah, this is crazy. I'm in the hospitality business, and I can't even provide good service to the customer anymore. This this is, I don't want to do this for the next. But there's no way I can continue to do this if this is going to happen. And September hit. I was like, hey, everyone's going to have to start working, applying for jobs, and working again. September hits. It gets even worse. Yeah. I was like, man, there's <laughs> people are working. This is this this sucks. This is I, this is not what I want to do. I was like, hey, I need to I get I need to figure out how to get an influx of money so I can really really like uh, do cool shit. I was like, I've already done things. Uh, bottlenecked because the budget's always been super tight. But if I could have a little bit more flexibility, I, you know, I'd go crazy. And I started learning about like how people raise money in tech. Mm -hmm. And in tech, you have these tech investors go, hey, I'm gonna throw hundreds of million dollars at 10, 10 different companies. If nine of them fail, they're like, whatever. Can't do that. Fuck. I was like, there's yeah. no way you can do that in a restaurant. There's no way unless I start doing like a, an app already. I was like, I'm not doing, I don't wanna do an, uh, an app. I don't like raising money, it's not my thing. Let me figure something out. And then Kevin comes to me and goes, you can do everything that you wanna do with NFTs, that's, that's what I think you can do. And I was like, what are you talking about? And once I started going down this rabbit hole, this Web3 thing, I learned about community, brand building, marketing. I was like, I'm already doing that mm -hmm. in the physical space. But now if I bring this to the digital space, like, you know, some crazy things that happen. Yeah. And I, you know, seeing what Gary Vee did with his fly fish restaurant, I was like, dude, this guy just raised $21 million for a restaurant in New York and it's not even open yet. That's not fair, man. That's not fair, man. You don't even want to start a restaurant. That's but not in terms fair. of like, <laughs> like, you're, like you're competing. <laughs> Gary's restaurant, he can open the best real estate, the best build out. He can pay, he can overpay his staff and not even serve a single dish and still be just fine. Profitable. Yeah, just Damn. Because he already has the money. Yeah. If I get that and I'm raising through customers and building brand community, if I can do that through this this space, then 
And if I can take, I mean, I'm the guinea pig, if I take the lead, lead and this works out, it's gonna change it for everybody. Yeah. Mm. So it's being funded by Bored Ape and like NFTs? No, so that that's just part of it. Our Food Fighters NFT is another project that connects to it. Oh, Bored and Hungry thing. It was just to make a statement. It was only to. It was only supposed to be a pop up for ninety days. Oh yeah. Oh and okay. We did that because you know, we didn't. Web 3 they're very sensitive in this world, right? There's so much money involved. Like there's a lot of scams going on. So we created Bored and Hungry because we wanted to. Like, if we jump into the NFTs, I don't want to just walk in the industry. People and be like, "Fuck that, Andy. You already make money. Why, why are you coming into our industry?" I was, I was like, okay, I'm gonna provide a gift to you guys. This is, I'm gonna build an in real life experience because everyone's always talking about like, can you do something in real life with these NFTs? Mm. And Bored Ape was the most popular thing at the time. Everyone in the world and our celebrity was getting one every other week you saw it, right? So I was like, I'm gonna go buy this thing. I'm gonna buy this thing. And I know, I, what I learned is you can use the IP and you can put it on right. whatever you want. Anything, yeah. And you don't have to pay any royalty and you don't have to ask any approvals. And I already, because yours. Fortunately, I know about how to use that, utilize IP already because I've done a lot of brand collaborations. It's like it's like pretty much saying like if I bought a Nike shoe and now I can go open a Nike restaurant, mm. you know how valuable that is. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that with the, this board ape thing. Whoa. So how does your restaurant That's work? Crazy. Is it like <laughs> you eat monkeys? Hmm? Well, I eat monkeys. <laughs> like do you so you have the board ape, and then do other people have to own it or be, have a piece of it to eat at the restaurant or how? No, so um, you know we were using a lot of the 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 the, the characters. Um, to put on the store and packaging to, yeah. to build a brand of the IP, yeah. but you can also pay in crypto payments, which mm -hmm. you know no one's really doing. So you can accept um, Ethereum and ApeCoin. We're the first uh, first business to accept ApeCoin. Period. Yeah. Even uh, Board Ape was even doing that. They didn't even know what to do with that yet. So they were calling us like, "Hey, how'd you guys do that?" Whoa. Yeah. So and then. Um, so you're helping man. the whole industry by being like adopt like early adopters wow. and then trying to get people to utilize it for utility like all that absolutely yeah, yeah, and yeah. then if you're an ape holder in, in the grand opening day if you were a holder of you had your own ape if we verified it then you got a free meal that day you know so different perks that you can play with and, and what's your iq like 500 yeah seriously <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ridiculous I got so I, got kicked, I got kicked out of high school. I was failing all my classes in high school. I was probation caught. No. Oh my so god. Academics is definitely not my thing. That's, That's fucking dope, genius. man. That's, That's dope. so cool. And sometimes people just need to have a, a good enough idea, but the more so the balls to get out there. And I feel like Andy does a great job of like just getting in front of like the pack. You know what I mean? I mean That's tight. Yeah. That's a big ball. And sometimes it's not about like, damn, that's a brilliant idea. Sometimes it's like, damn, that's an idea maybe somebody could have thought of, but mm -hmm. didn't have the ability to do it. And yeah, like, pull the trigger on it. Yeah. You know, front runner of that kind of stuff. So man, that's, that's dope, so man. Cool. Yes, the Asian thing is trying to be first in the Asian community. You know, wait, 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 before we stop, can we what is, talk about Food Fighters Universe? Okay, Food Fighters Universe is our NFT project. So we are the first NFT re backed restaurant group. That's what we start. You know, we're trying to um, open a lot of different restaurant concepts within the NFTs that we, the, the money that we raise. Mm. Um, but we're always trying to do cooler concepts and also be able to help people that want to start up their own restaurants. Like some people, like they go to, they spend tons of money going to restaurant school, right, culinary school, yeah. and they come out thinking, hey, I'm gonna go open my own amazing restaurant, but they end up working in these kitchens and they're just chopping salad up, you know, doing salad for like three, four years, and they're like, what, what did I sign up for? But that's what you get, motherfucker. And they're on kitchen nightmares. <laughs> exactly, going through We heard culinary school's a scam, but uh, you know. go chop some cabbage. But we're, we're, we're around so much talent, and we, we, do have, we do have a platform and voice that we can help, you know, uh, help people launch their careers. That's fucking cool, man. That's, That's tight, really dude. Cool. We're into food too, but this video's about you. <laughs> <laughs>